Cosmic Christ Podcast with your host, Ascended Master and Enlightenment Instructor, Reva Christ. Theme music, Tears of Joy by David Feslian. FeslianStudios.com Welcome to Cosmic Christ Podcast, channeling the mind of Christ. I'm Reva Christ, and we are on episode 26. Before we get started with Christ's dissertation on the lower mind, awakening to the high mind, I wanted to briefly discuss our previous episode where Christ spoke of transmuting states of pain to states of peace. As all states of pain are lower states, in the astral planes, the transmutation process is accomplished by pushing upward to higher planes. In order to assist a conduit on Earth, Christ will draw the lower energy out of the conduit's mental energy field and take it into his own mental energy field and then transmute it using his own mental waves of intention to raise the pain waves to the higher planes. As lower waves cannot travel to higher waves, the waves dissolve and higher energy is sent down in their place. This is the transmutation process as it is accomplished in metaphysical terms. The process is accomplished through thought waves, but in the astral planes, there is no gravity, so the process is easier to navigate. I should mention that when Christ takes the negative energy of a conduit into himself, he must also transmute his own energy, or else he will experience the polluted material the conduit once held in the mental energy of their mind. For the sentient student on earth, the transmutation process works in the same way, but with different challenges. The student on earth is in a gravitational field, so the weight of the pain will be supported by the weight of the gravity forces in the earth. The student will have to find some way of experiencing physical or emotional relief before they can access their higher mind, and to do this, the student will have to engage whatever properties he normally uses to find peace in his own mental environment. My strategy is always to withdraw to solitude, and if the pain is emotional, to purge myself through writing about it in my journal. I apply my own intellectual powers of discernment, logic, reason, and rational thinking to understand what I am going through, and I am liberal with expressing all the nuances of the pain I am experiencing. I write until I am purged enough that I can focus on peace in the astral planes. If writing exhausts me, I sleep. Sometimes I wake feeling better. Another therapy is to use soothing music or to go into nature and commune with nature's energy or to read from any one of the books I channeled or from my journals of channeled messages. Getting back into the spirit stream of consciousness raises my own consciousness and helps me to feel rebalanced and cleansed. Physical pain is another matter entirely. It is a condition I have not learned to override using my astral senses unless I receive the intervention from Christ or another member of his house. Jumping right into the cosmic stream, I will be reading from the telepathic communication I received from Christ. The journey of the mind is one of a balancing act between two states of mind, one that is perfect, stable, peaceful, intelligent, and serene, and one that is chaotic, jumbled, focused on self-service and self-importance, and hostile to all that it perceives as an enemy to its plans for the flesh. When the lower mind awakens to the higher mind, it is like seeing for the first time what is right and what is wrong, and the lower mind learns its thinking is wrong. This presents quite a challenge for the lower mind, 
because the lower mind governs the flesh and has been governing the flesh on a reward-for-service basis. The lower mind is raised to seek lower pleasures in all of their guises, and all lower pleasures are expected to give immediate gratification to the body's sensual needs. When the lower mind becomes aware of the higher thought, the higher thought isn't serving the body. There is no physical gain, no reward for the body, other than a rush of good feeling that seems to fill the heart. But as the lower mind does not use a heart to think with, it only uses the leanings and cravings of the body, this too will seem like a strange sensation. The higher mind presents moral and ethical thinking, thinking that challenges immoral and unethical behavior. And if the body was living in pleasure from its immoral and unethical behavior, the lower mind will not be quick to surrender these things. The knowledge of higher concepts will be confusing and challenging to the lower mind, as these things will challenge the lower mind's programming that has led all of the actions of the body. Imagine learning that every thought you had, every idea you believed in, every behavior you participated in was wrong, merely because it served the flesh and it did not serve the higher mind of the spirit. It's literally unthinkable, and it causes the lower mind to revolt against such lofty principles. However, here in the afterworld, after the mind is released from the body, at the end of the body's life cycle, this is exactly what happens to the lower mind. At first, the lower mind will be caught in the cycle of its lower thoughts. Over and over again, it will relive its memories. While at first, this may seem like paradise, remember that your mind is alive. It is not just recycling your information. You are still thinking, and as you still think, you eventually see that all you are doing is living in redundancy through recycled information. The idea that all you are is recycled information will be quite challenging for you because you have nowhere to go, and you have nowhere to go because you never went anywhere on earth while you were living your flesh life. As you did not engage your mind, and your mind did not work on your information, you experienced no mental activity, no refinement of your information, no mental progression. It is the refining of information that is the true journey. When you refine information, you get somewhere. You rise to higher levels of intellect and understanding. Without the refinement of information, you only have your illusions to lead you. You only believe you're getting somewhere because your illusions tell you you're getting somewhere. But your illusions are based on the flesh. You bring a child into the world and think you have accomplished something because you were one, and now you are two. But if you have no quality of life, you are now two without a quality of life. And this is not an improvement. It is a worse situation to be in than your previous situation. You are getting nowhere. You eat one meal in one restaurant, and you think by going to a new restaurant to eat a new meal that you are getting somewhere. But actually, all you are doing is eating a new meal. All food will be digested and eliminated. There is nothing that can be accomplished. How many meals can you eat? Once you have eaten everything, you only start all over again. Thoughts are the same. You think you go to new places when you travel. I, the scenery changes. But you do the same things in each place you travel to, and there is no learning of new information. You only have the perception of your base senses if you do not contemplate or think of what you perceive. It all passes you by. This is how it is to live with the lower mind. There is no true thought process. 
there is only the passing thought that you pay no attention to, while your hands and feet rush to please the body. What feels good to the body, this is what matters to you. Your mind isn't even considered. You don't even use it. So then your body dies and your mind is released and you are caught in a cycle of all your sensual recordings recalling what things tasted like because you ate all the foods that were prepared all over the world and these things came to an end sooner or later. How long can you savor the memory of steak and onions, a fried chicken, a pepperoni pizza, a steamed lobster? You will be bored. And when you did travel, what did you do? Did you not rush to eat the food in that location too? The scenery was just the backdrop outside the dining room window. And the shows you saw in the theater or the museums you visited, how much will you remember? If you didn't contemplate and ponder, then you didn't retain anything. All it amounted to was an hour's distraction before the next meal. You never used your mind. Your senses led you and you followed them without even knowing you had a mind, so you never even stopped to think about what you were thinking about. And when you are released from your body at the end of your flesh life cycle, you will be the same, full of all the recordings of your life journey, but at the same time empty because your recordings were not enhanced by your own attention to them. You did not utilize your process of thinking, your powers of reasoning, contemplation, consideration, analysis, and discernment. And because you did not utilize these things, your mind is merely a redundancy instrument, playing the recordings of your life over and over and over in a loop. When you utilize the vast powers of your mind, you open a passageway in the lower mind to the higher mind. Your thinking evolves. Now the higher mind is available to you and you can escape the redundancy of the lower mind and the higher mind will lead your journey. You can do this on earth too, but it will interfere in your focused concentration on your flesh life. The higher mind is the mind of the intellectual. When the higher mind leads, you start to learn. You do not just receive information through your senses. You actually process the information by thinking about it, analyzing it, forming an opinion, and by applying reason, logic, and, and analytical thinking, you come to a conclusion. Now your mind is working. Now you are evolving, and you are also traveling through streams of information. You are not trapped in streams of information as you were before when you were in the middle of your redundancy programming. You are moving through information, understanding the information that you find and seeking to increase your knowledge. Your life will change drastically because you will no longer settle for the life of unknowing. You will be armed with information that will help you make better decisions, and this will help to improve the quality of your life. This is how the higher mind serves the lower. As the higher mind holds quality thoughts, so it feeds the lower mind quality thoughts, and the lower mind in turn provides quality thoughts to the body, and the body responds with higher actions. But without higher thoughts to provide quality thinking to the lower mind, inferior thinking will lead, and then your scenery might change, and your food might change, and your job might change, but it's all the same because none of it is having any mental effect. It's all the body's experience. There is nothing for the mind. If you do not use the mind, it only acts as the recording device of all your sense experiences. The flesh world is not based on the higher thoughts of the spirit mind, but on the higher thoughts of the lower mind, 
and these all serve the lower mind's ideas of wealth and power. Both wealth and power serve the flesh body to its highest level, but the mind is not fed. The billionaire will die and his mind will be released and he will think of all the property he owns and all the money he has and all the places he traveled and all the things he accomplished and he will have all of these things to ruminate over and it will keep the higher end of his lower mind entertained for quite a long time. But eventually, even the billionaire will see that he is caught in a loop of his own thinking because he cannot buy anything new. There is only so much you can buy. Eventually, there is nothing else. The physical world is limited and you are limited by what you can imagine. So you will die out unfulfilled because you also haven't used your higher mind. You have never evolved in your thinking. I have been here 2,000 years. The food for the mind does not last. The mind lives on the memory, but the memory runs out. If there is no new thoughts, if the mind does not know how to generate new thoughts, there will be no new food for that mind and it will atrophy and die. My Viva contemplates everything. She gives new meaning to the term deep thinking. She thinks so deeply, she takes the life away from every idea. Yea, this is depressing, and I often scold her for doing it, but then later when I think of what she has said, I laugh. And I laugh heartily because even though she has just depleted me, she depleted me with honesty and integrity and truth, pure knowledge which I could not counter nor debate. She exposes me as well as exposing all of man's folly, and I am left rendered and no one has ever rendered me, not on earth or in these 2,000 years. When I say I am rendered, I mean no one has rendered me speechless. No one has stripped me bare of my own ready dialogue that I make ready to counsel and teach. How can she do this? The truth always prevails, and she oftentimes forgets that it was I that wrote Ecclesiastes, yet she retells it in her own way quite often. Yes, everything in the lower world is meaningless because it goes nowhere. The only destination the flesh ever has is death. If you truly want to live, you must engage your mind, know your mind, and fill it with food that will last an eternity. Food is not just for the body. It is not the food your teeth chew and your stomach digests, but food that inspires your mind to think. When your mind is thinking, it too is alive. Your mind also processes information. It learns how to process information from the brain. The brain processes all the information of your body. Every cell in your body emits a wave that communicates information to another cell. This information is either healing or it is unhealthy. When the body is full of either one or the other, the body manifests that state. When it is full of healing, communication between your cells, the body is full of health. When the body is full of unhealthy communication between your cells, the body becomes sick. When the healthy cells are overtaken by unhealthy cells, a war begins, and there is a battle to save the body. If the healthy cells do not win, the body surrenders to the unhealthy cells, and the brain goes to sleep, and the body dies. If the brain does not go to sleep, then death comes while the person is awake and the experience of its death will be based on any preconceived ideas or beliefs about death. Or it will be an experience without reference and the one who experiences death will experience it as a dream 
an unreal state that is occurring in the mind. When you look around you, you see many churches of many kinds. But I tell you, for all the churches all over the world, and there are more than one million in my name alone, there are not many who seek me after death. I, they do not believe I am real. I answer all calls, but I do not reveal myself. I only allow my voice to be heard, and they do not know to whom they speak. But when I ask, would you like to see Christ? They either refuse outright, or they scoff and tell me, Christ is not real. How curious, I think to myself, because I can read their thoughts, and I know they were religious, in at least so far as to say they attended a church, and that church was set up in my name, even though it was not set up by me. And here is another curious thing about the mind. Why would you attend a church that followed the doctrine of a man that you didn't believe in? In truth, it is not my doctrine. Each church makes its own doctrines and practices. No one ever asks me what I think. But the question remains, why would you attend a church that worshipped a figurehead that you didn't believe in? My Viva actually asked people about this when she happened to come across a group as they came out of a Christian sanctuary. And the reply she received from one of the parishioners was that they didn't so much go for the teachings or the lecture, but for the coffee hour after the service. So it is not God they are after, or me, or even their own spiritual development. It's a free lunch, or free brunch. And this also shows you the mind of man. It is uncommitted and empty. It only follows the dictates of the body. It hears the stomach growl, and it says, Oh, let's go into the church. Service will be over soon, and we can eat there. In truth, even those who are desperate for intercession, either due to health problems, domestic problems, or financial problems, they only seek relief. They do not seek the face of God, to know God, or to even speak with me. They only seek personal relief, and of course they are granted it, and those same people never rise, nor do they ever attempt to establish contact once they cross over. This is another example of a mind that is not aware, and as it is not aware, it only bears the programming of men. It bears no higher thoughts. People do what they are programmed to do, and when their corporal lives are through, they live in the redundancy of all their recorded programs. Now my Rava, she will live her recordings. She will also live with me, and I bet she will also live on after me, just pondering redundancy. And when she is done pondering her own redundancy, she will ponder everyone else's redundancy, including mine, and it will probably be her incessant chatter over all this redundant information that will drive me to my own eternal sleep. Or it may wake me from sleep so that I live another 2,000 years. For 2,000 years I have survived as mind, searching for the one who loves me. And now I have found her, and she will be the death of me with her deep thinking. There is nothing greater than the mind of the spirit, the higher mind, but this is the mind of perfection. There is no mind higher than the mind that holds knowledge of the spirit, light, and love. When I speak of knowledge of these things, I do not refer to the knowledge of concepts, for this is just an understanding of the words. But the knowledge of the spirit, light, and love is the knowledge of metaphysics. What these words mean metaphysically, and how these things apply to the spirit. Only the one who knows these things and experiences these things through the delicate and refined senses of their glorious being, only that one is the highest 
and I will know that one as the highest. There are many with a high knowledge of human affairs, human life and living, but the information does not serve the spirit. When the flesh is gone, the information does not serve the afterworld, where there is no flesh. God does not need human information to create a new world. He created the physical universe before man was created. Man's information will not serve him. But the mind that holds spirit information serves the afterworld, and it serves the flesh world to the highest spiritual aims as well. It is only man that crucifies spirit knowledge because he does not possess it. Yea, he cannot access it or know it because it is not in his propaganda or his programming or his doctrines that are based on his propaganda and his programming. It is not in his transient relationships that are solid today and dissolve tomorrow, nor is it in his prized possessions that rust, fade, and decompose. All these things serve man while he lives in the flesh, but they provide nothing for life beyond. So there is literally nothing beyond the flesh for this man except the recycled memory of all the transient states he lived in and all the decaying things he cherished. Coming out of the cosmic stream, on our next Cosmic Christ podcast, we begin the journey of the Titan as we listen to excerpts from the Titans of Orphanum, the Bible of Mind Improvement for the Cosmic Culture. I'm Weaver Christ. May peace be with you, and thank you for listening.